you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's Nerdist Podcast number 359. Uh, we are doing a show at San Diego Comic-Con. I think we're going to be doing a lot of stuff at San Diego Comic-Con. Of course, we have Course of the Force leading up to it. StarWars.com slash Course of the Force. And we're doing a live Nerdist Podcast at the Balboa Theater on the Saturday night of Comic-Con. So come to that. Uh, Nerdist.com slash calendar for information on that show and many, many, many others. Um, I'd like to thank Squarespace for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Squarespace makes uh, building a website super, super easy. It's an all-in-one platform, and you can can make it a blog, it can be a portfolio, website, and now an online store because Squarespace introduces new commerce solutions that allow you to instantly create a store and start selling products right away. Um, There's very powerful, very flexible e-commerce solutions, and it's integrated to work with every Squarespace template, allowing for sales, both phys- physical goods, digital goods. For example, you can sell music CDs because uh, kids love the CDs. They love the compact discs. Sell eight tracks. Throw them for a loop. Hipsters will love it. Uh, you can sell MP3s if you want to. Now, uh, it's a fast account mer- uh, merchant account setup, so you can accept payments right away, credit or debit cards. And uh, they, they make it really easy. They absolutely make it so that you can... You can be a business tycoon online. They give your website uh, uh, the best mobile experience for your users, and uh, they have great customer support. So if you want to build a website, blog, portfolio, whatever, go to Squarespace, get a free trial, squarespace.com slash Nerdist, sign up for a free account. No credit card needed. Try it out. Start building your website. And then if you decide to purchase, use the offer code NERDIST5 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, which includes monthly and annual plans. Also, they register domains, so check that out as well. Squarespace.com slash Nerdist. Use the offer code NERDIST5. Everything you need to create an exceptional website. Radio voice. Uh, I am very excited about this podcast, as I am about everything, if you listen to this with any regularity. Uh, It's all genuine, but I am a huge fan of Band of Horses, to the extent that uh, I had this weird idea when I was traveling around the country. I was like, you know what, I'm going to find a city that they're performing in, and I'm going to see if I'm performing near it, and then I'm going to pin them down like butterflies in a box. Uh, or like horseflies in a box, a band of horseflies. Uh, and let the meme begin. So I actually found out that when I went down to perform at the Moon Tower Festival in Austin, they were also performing, I believe it's Stubbs. And so reached out to them, and they said yes. And so I, uh, I sat down with uh, Ben Bridwell and uh, uh, Ryan Monroe, and we just chatted for like an hour. And... Just fucking so much fun to... 
I, I fanned out on them a little bit, but really, uh, they were dudes I would hang out with. So uh, at the end, if you stick around the end of the podcast, um, I tacked on a live performance of a song called Knock Knock, which is on their most recent album called Mirage Rock, released in September of last year. But the track I'm putting on is from uh, a live uh, mini album um, from iTunes Festival London 2012. So here you go, Nurse Podcast episode number... What number is this one? I'm going to say it's 359. I don't even know why I'm numbering them anymore. Does it really matter? It's another Nerdist Podcast uh, with Band of Horses. Because I'm Chris Hardwick. No one's going to love you. No one is ever going to love you more than I do. Now entering Nerdist.com. Sweet. Is Ryan going to join us? Or? Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't know. He's probably taking a huge crap. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine. You know, when I think about what Ryan does, I think he's probably just taking mm-hmm. a huge crap when I average out in the I can't day. find him. It's usually what's it, happening. He's usually taking a huge crap. All right, this is good. This will work. You sound good. The sound quality's good. We're in a super snazzy suite at the top of... I mean, this is really in a... This is an apartment. This is... Yeah. Uh, it's a... Yeah, I don't know what you'd call this thing. It's a, a, a massive loft. What the hell? I don't know, but I have to say, uh, you've treated it very respectfully. This is not the kind, this is not what I would expect to see at the top floor of a snazzy hotel with a band doing a show tonight. Everything seems to be in place. There's really just a bottle of water out. It's not. Uh, I've hidden all the evidence. Yeah, <laughs> scrubbed all the blood, bloody footprints. Up. Yeah. Bloody we footprints. Gonna, yeah. Such a weird. So there was blood pooled on the ground, and someone just walked through it. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll probably keep it on the wraps until <laughs> until we get sequestered or whatever. <laughs> so yeah. you guys are playing Stubbs tonight. Yeah. That's awesome. Stubbs is such a great venue. I I fuck. Austin is. It's one of these places that I there are no city has more festivals than Austin. Yeah, and so I've performed at a ton music, comedy, and and, and whatever. Do you guys get through here a lot? It seems like yeah. yeah. We were here a month ago for uh, for South by Southwest. For South by Southwest. Oh, you're for South by. Oh no, yeah. the, the the abbreviated is by Southwest. By Southwest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, that's, that's what we say in the industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. By, by Southwest. Yeah. yeah, just to keep it short. We actually played like the uh, the tech. Technology part of it, which is like before interactive. The, yeah, yeah, it was some some nerdy stuff. Which has gotten just as uh, well. I, I guess I shouldn't say just as big as music, but it's gotten pretty pretty big. Yeah, I mean, there's God, there's so many toys everywhere and crazy free shit. <laughs> I think you, I think you want to play interactive over the music portion because you're not competing with 1,500 other bands. You're basically competing with. What's Twitter gonna say? Yeah, you yeah. Know, like totally. what, what are the tech companies gonna announce? <laughs> yeah, and um. The root, we opened for the Roots, so that was like oh. a fucking no-brainer for us. So. Did you guys play with them at all? No, I mean, we we played early, and then they I think they even had some trouble. Somebody had to, I think Questlove was, had another gig or something yeah. like that and couldn't get here in time or missed a flight. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of short-staffed. Yeah. But. Well, he could play <laughs> drums, and then before you know it, just another dude on stage. Killing killing yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Any city in the country, if you shout it out on any street, who's going to play drums... 
someone's going to yeah. jump up if you're in Austin, Texas. Yeah. No Other doubt. cities might be like, well, I could call someone, but here, they just fucking step out of the what? Yeah. And then yeah. they, they're right there. With totally. They're next door. Yeah. yeah. Fucking already playing. Yeah. So. I was like, yeah. we were talking about getting backup singers to possibly do some stuff, you know, in Nashville or something. And we're just like, yeah, we'll just go to any restaurant and just... Just like grab a waitress. Grab some waitresses. You don't even have to ask. You yeah, just yeah. be like, can you be here yeah. at the studio? Yeah, absolutely. You don't even have to ask if you can sing. And they're there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's pretty, uh, yeah. I tracked you guys down. Uh, I'm, I, I've, I've been a fan of Band of Horses for a long time. And I weirdly, I was like, you know, I just, one, one of these days, like one, one of your songs came up on my, on my iPhone. And I was like, uh, one of your songs came up on the phone. And I, and I was like, I got to get these guys on. I don't know how to track them down. And I start looking at cities you're in to see if I'm anywhere near you. And God damn it, Austin, the same day that I came out for a comedy festival. Nice. So thank you for unintentionally being in a place. I was lit- I was going to try. I was, I was like, you know, even if they're like it's somewhere in the middle of the country, I'll fly somewhere Shit. and drive. Yeah. And so I, I was able to pin awesome, you down man. in Austin. <laughs> so thank you. It's kind of how our, uh, how our parents plan their vacations, too. <laughs> That's right. So. Where are you kids playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I'd, I'd love to go to... Topeka. I've never been. Did your parents come to the shows? Did your parents come to the shows? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's great. It's it's always nice to have a dose of fam around. You know, we're actually playing um, in the South this run, so they don't have to travel too far. So. Are you all? Are you from South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan and I grew up together, played baseball together, and uh, went to elementary school together. And uh, he later joined the band once we had moved back from. I lived up in Seattle for a while. Started the band. Moved back home and. Uh, Ryan joined the band right around then, 2007. Yeah. What's the music scene in South Carolina like? Hmm. You ever heard Margaritaville? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> Brown Eyed Girl? That's a popular one. That's, you know, Brown Eyed Girl is one of those songs that I used to fucking hate. And, and, and I'm a big Van Morrison fan. Yeah. But it was one of those songs that I didn't like the people who liked it when I was in college. Like, you'd be at a party and then Brown Eyed Girl come on and every, like, irritating... Fraternity and sorority person be like, this is my song. Uh, You're like, yeah. you don't even have brown eyes. It's <laughs> not your song. You have one brown eye. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not everyone's song. Maybe, no. that's, maybe that's why everyone loves that song. Shit. It was it, all the all the all the big like, <laughs> the fraternity and sorority songs were like brown eyed girl and like back in black. Whatever back in black. Oh, like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. You know it's funny. Like once you get past the, the. Uh, point of saturation like you start I mean I, the older I get the more I can appreciate the like super overplayed songs yeah. because it gets to a point where like you hear them so many times it's like it's already even sound like as a, different as now. a band yeah. do you want that or is that like well maybe that's one step too far uh, well, I, yo shit I mean if we could have a song like Back in Black or something that is overplayed like that hell yeah <laughs> you know, fuck yeah take anything man yeah. shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's not because I always it seems like oh it'd be great to you know like have a hit song or a bunch of hit songs, but then there's a point where it's too much of a hit song, and then and then there's backlash because people are like, it's either your other songs are either not exactly like that one, or people are just they feel like it's over, you're overexposed because it's too too much. <laughs> well, see, you know it's rare. Like you think of bands of our ilk or whatever that have that kind of success with a song like Modest Mouse with Float On or something like that. Yeah, you still see Modest Mouse playing that damn song. Every festival gig or whatever, and people go fucking apeshit. Yeah. So it's a blessing if you ever get anything close to that. Good. So you're on the positive side of the fence and not the, we're not going to play the hits because we're, you know. We're just not going to write the hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to, but man, not possible. That's good. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, a hand, there's a handful of bands where I, 
when I first st- like stumble upon them and I go, I think, oh, I'm, I'm probably just going to like this one song. And then, oh, shit, I like this other song. Oh, fuck, I like this other song. You know, it's bands like, um, and I hope you take this as a comment, like, I fucking love Rogue Wave is another yeah. band that I absolutely love. Oh, man. And then you guys are in that group where I'm like, fuck, you know, Infinite Arms and Cease to Begin. It's just like song after song. It's like, oh, and this one's really cool. Awesome. So just let me fan all over you for a minute and then we'll get to the regular conversation. But... <laughs> You, you guys, not just, it's like these gorgeous harmonies, but then you take left and right turns where musically I don't expect, oh, he went that way, and I think you're going to go the other way. So it's, I'm always pleasantly surprised by what you guys do with, with your songs. Awesome. So where were you, what inspired you? Like, what was your, when you started, who, who did you say, like, oh, we want to be like this band, and then you sort of grow off and form your own voice. But what, was, what, were, your, what were your bands? Um, very easily, Neil Young, growing up with Neil Young stuff was huge and just like the seeped into the bones and blood of, uh, when I started singing, I guess, um, in my late twenties, I, I, I think initially just went that way or flaming lips and built the spill, just the higher register of singing at least. And then, um, my morning jacket, absolutely. Um, those were, I think the, the, went into the main, uh, the soup pot or whatever. And do you did was there a certain point where you started to? Because it, it it felt like it's funny. I didn't realize you started singing later, like late in your twenties. Yeah, because your albums all have a pretty strong point of view from the get go. Where you, it's like the second you hear a Band of Horses song, you're like, oh, that I, I know that band. I, I I know that I know that point of view. Yeah, it beats me. I don't know. Maybe I, it was it just came later in life. Maybe I had some a good grasp of what I wanted our band to sound like, um, being a music fan first and foremost. Or what you didn't uh, want it to sound like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I remember listening to the radio like I was nannying or, you know, washing dishes and always listening to the radio and being like, oh, I don't, I don't care for this. Or I figured I can't have an opinion about music and be like um, a critic unless I try it myself. And so yeah. I did. How long did it did it take you to? Was one of those things where you for a long time said I want to be in a band, but maybe not yet. And then like, what was there a moment where you were like, "Fuck it, I got to do this now." Kinda, yeah. I was um, I was actually releasing records. I had a little tiny label, and um, I was releasing my friend's records. And their drummer left, and they needed someone to go on tour with them and play drums. I'd never played music really ever ever before. And it was really minimalistic drumming, and somehow I still managed to be the worst drummer alive. But uh, I ended up being uh, going on tour with them and, and recording with them for a number of years and got used to just that lifestyle. I loved it so much. Um, and then the band broke up, and I said, shit, I really like that. So I'll just, we have all these instruments not being used at the practice space. I'll just try to write some songs. And I did, and got signed to Sub Pop. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's really, really bizarre. <laughs> Makes no sense. Do you, are you can are you guys good at staying in one place? Can you go home and relax ever, or are you? Is it? Do you get antsy if you're home for more than? Do you have homes like, or, yeah. or are you just on the road most of the time? <laughs> do I, I forgot? Yeah, yeah. I, I live in Boston with my fiance. Oh, okay. I just moved up there from South Carolina, so it's a definitely a large change. But yeah, it's definitely. Um, I think once you pass like the five weeks. Off the road, I think like after the first month, it's pretty. Uh, you're ready to. I'm personally ready to get back to it. You know. Yeah. We we just had recently had two months off, and I was just like, I gotta find a fucking hobby or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Yeah. You can only write so many shitty songs and like annoy your girlfriend so much. You know? <laughs> I thought about getting like a landscaping job or something just to have some perspective to write different songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Band of Horses' new album is weirdly about landscaping and topiaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I always... Opening want... chord, dude. <laughs> but honestly, I, I always thought... I don't know why I thought this... I don't know why I thought this would be a cheat, but I always thought, oh, a cool way to write a song would just be to... Like, in, in that case... You could just look at a weird topiary and then just describe it in abstract terms. And then that would be a song because oh, yeah. people would assign me. It would be, it's about something, but if you're not being direct about it, then people can assign their own meaning, oh, wow. their own meaning to it. Shit, I'm about to cancel the show and just write some songs today. Now. About topiaries? Yeah, hell yeah. I want to go to some gardens and look at some, some elephants and yeah. plants. Actually, we'll cut you in some of the publishing. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just point to whatever you're like. Yeah, fifteen percent. Right that there. thing. Yeah, yeah. What is that thing over <laughs> yeah. there? Go. I always thought. Um, I always thought what I would do is, uh, I would be really cool to just like take old movie footage, and put it on mute, and then just sort of write about whatever's happening. Oh man, that's like one of my my favorite things to do is have it on mute, and you know, I'm sure you do it too, like you did when you were younger. I still do it. Just. Wow, you know, the mess around with who's oh, yeah, yeah, of the, course. the dialogue. Yeah. Especially like three or four in the morning, like it's really fun. Oh, Cary Grant says, We're gonna fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do, do you do the Cary Grant voice? No, you know, no. We're gonna fuck, darling. Or do you say, I'm gonna fuck you. I'm Cary Grant. I'm say, yeah, dude. I'm Cary Grant. I'm gonna fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're gonna yeah. carry these balls. I'm gonna yeah. grant you an orgasm. <laughs> oh, God. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Damn. <laughs> You know that they were all like when the cameras went off, they were all just di- filthy people. Yeah, just fingering themselves. Gary, <laughs> <laughs> please, we have to yeah. shoot now. Uh, one yeah. more second. Yeah. I just yeah. have to finish this. One uh, more second. I'm auto fingering. Fingering okay. myself. <laughs> <laughs> no one's washing their hands. Uh, yeah. yeah. How was the Band of Horses podcast? They were weirdly talked a lot about Cary Grant fingering himself. <laughs> It's just, uh, yeah, it's every every about. day. Yeah. You talk about Kerry Grant figuring himself. I think if you really strip away a lot of what your songs are about, I think underneath there's an element of Kerry Grant fingering himself. Yeah, yeah, or at least somebody. Yeah. Someone's always going to be buttholing themselves. <laughs> Kerry Grant. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's just it's when you really listen to the music. You just picture Cary Grant just fingering himself going, no one is ever going to love you more than I do. Yeah. Like, no. he's talking to himself. To his finger. Yeah. 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 I, just for the podcast listener at home, they didn't really need to know that I was actually doing the space work. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, as we're talking about yeah. it. I mean, I, I guess that's why they said audio only for the, yeah. the interview, because... Yeah. I didn't realize you'd be completely naked like this. You have to understand, we need to earn the explicit tag any way right. that we can. On okay. iTunes, it says explicit. That makes it cool. And so if there isn't at least 5% butt fingering, then there's no, we can't earn the tag, yeah. and then it's false. Yeah. It's but if really they false. can't see you, why did you have to get naked for this? I don't understand. Because yeah. I'm really committed to making it authentic. Yeah, I mean, and, when he uh, came to the door, like our tour manager called and was like, uh, Chris is fucking naked. Right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Bring him up here. We, yeah, it's cool. Used, I mean, clothes are an invention. Especially by the naked men coming. Yeah, through no, it's yeah. just the machine trying to yeah. get you down. I know. All but the time. it was refreshing. When are you gonna free yourselves? Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's pretty inspiring. Still early. Let's see what happens. In all, yeah, ser- yeah. In all seriousness, I, w- I used to. I worked at K Rock in Los Angeles in the '90s, and I went to one of the. Like the acoustic Christmas shows that they do. Have you guys played acoustic Christmas? Uh-uh. It's this. It's a big show, like big band, mashup of bands that they have, and no doubt was playing. So this should give you some idea of when this was. And the drummer, he was back there drumming, and then he ran out from behind the drums at the Gibson Amphitheater, and he was fucking totally naked. 
and and he he and the crowd was like, <gasps> and then they went fucking bananas for it, and then he started jumping up and down and doing all this weird like making his dick uh, dance. <laughs> And I thought for sure, this was real. This was before YouTube. This was before people had cameras on their phones, and so yeah. I think maybe felt a little safer. Yeah. yeah. But it was still like six thousand people. Yeah. Fuck. And I wondered, is it weirdly freeing to do that because there are so many people that it's almost like there's no one? Yeah. Or is it is it a bold move? That's a lot of people to see you naked at one time. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think six thousand people will ever see me naked until I die. Do you have then, that anxiety dream? No, it's not anxiety at all. It's it's more like a, I don't know. It's more like just a, a flat out, just straight nasty nightmare. A straight horrifying <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Bucket list stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Do you have Do you have an anxiety dream? Like, the, do you have a recurring anxiety dream? Like the I'm late for exams kind of a dream. No, it gets a little weird when you wake up and you just dream like what happened. Yesterday, which was boring or whatever. Now I wake up and wonder why the fuck that happened. You guys are too normal. Like, you're too normal for... You, you, like, you, you're a rock band. You have to have fucked up demons. You have, to, <laughs> you have to come back and just, like, fucking etch skulls into your... You have to burn things into your skin to make the demons be quiet for a second. Because you have to feel something. Right. Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> Too old. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's over for for the tortured stuff. Just, tortured stuff is cute when you're young, and then you get older, you're just like that guy is just fucking angry. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, no, I think we're we're pretty damn normal. Yeah, we're pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Real normal. Yeah. Yeah. Can you write from? Do you write from? Uh, is there anything that sort of? pushes you to write other than just oh I thought of a song or or, do you tend to write better when you're happier or frustrated or angry or is there a mood hmm I don't know always doing it so it's hard to say like if the better songs come from a certain mindset that's more you know tortured or fucking pissed off um or sometimes even happy it's hard to say shit I don't know based on the last record Whatever the fuck is the opposite of that is what we'll probably go for on this one. <laughs> Why do you say that? No, no. I don't know. We just need need some... I don't know. The, the, new, the new stuff, I think, is going back to some more, like, uh, depressing and terrifying elements. So, uh, I don't know. The last one was so happy and just kind of, like, celebrating the fact that we can all play together without having a computer in the room. Um, that is actually kind of a big deal now. That's almost like... <laughs> that's almost like... Uh, it's almost like adorable in a way where you're like, they're doing it the old-fashioned way. You're like, no, this is how people did music for yeah, a really long time. Yeah, yeah exactly. It seems like a, a fun little novelty project. But yeah, to kind of remind ourselves that yeah, we, can, we can do that that way if we want. And do it quick. You know, we can yeah. do it quickly, but uh, I think we're going to go back to overthinking and over-editing soon enough. <laughs> Surgical music. <laughs> That's the first single. Yeah. yeah. Surgical music. That's a different direction you guys are going. It's yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. Sort of hard rock, and it's about the academic side of music and going in <laughs> exactly. and changing a molecule with Dude. a program to make it. You want it to not sound perfect, though. You want it to feel a little, yeah, a little like not a little jagged, so that it feels like it happened. You do, but I mean, I, I think we we play live so much. It's like there's there's so much. So many opportunities for it to sound jagged and shitty. You know, I, I think we, <laughs> I think we like take the the um, the recording process. It's, it's pretty pretty different beast than the than the live shit. Yeah, you know? 
And um, I think we can try all we want. And even the you know, Infinite Arms, we sat there for uh, a better part of two years. Yeah. Just tweaking it, you know, just doing everything we possibly could. And it's still, we, you know, still not going to be perfect. It's just, you know, we'll try, but it's not going to be, you know. I think it's, I think right? the benefit yeah, yeah. now to being a good live band is that it just gives people a reason to to see you and have an experience as opposed to just, you know, like, oh, I'll just, it's disposable. I'll just listen to it, but I don't really care about the band. Like, if you can be a good live band, it just changes that. I don't know how people go and see someone who, like, just works off an iPod. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand why people pay to see that. But to see, like, four or five people get together and actually play. Yeah. That, that's... I don't know. Just talking about making records and playing live, some of the ideas that you have, seems like some of the ideas in your mind are perfect, and some of them are jagged and shitty, you know? So if you can make them perfectly jagged and shitty, you know, that's kind of, you know... Yeah, that's the goal, right? Yeah. yeah. You know? So... How long does it take you guys... Do you, do you form a lot of the music as you're recording, or is everything... Do you get it all ready and tight, and then go, okay, now let's lay it down? Well, none of us live in the same town, really. Um, so whether it's like rehearsing for a show, that doesn't happen. We basically rehearse, say, like a festival gig in front of thousands of people <laughs> when we've been on a break. Um, luckily, we know each other well enough that we can get away with that. But same thing with the studio. We'll, we'll have done a lot of demoing and stuff and then have an idea of what it's supposed to sound like and then let it take a new life form once we all get together. Yeah. If there was another era that you could have been a rock band in, what would you do? You, do you ever think about like, oh, it'd have been so fucking awesome in the seventies? The fucking eighteen nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the nineties. You know? The eighteen nineties. Yeah. That would have been we, we, killer. Yeah, we would be quite a sensation in eighteen nineties. Well, there was yeah. the, there was the, there was there, there was this whole and um, I'm positive I talked about this in the podcast before, but there was this. This whole cluster of, for lack of a better word, I called it pioneer rock, but it was basically, it was like Midlake's Van Occupanther album and Decemberists and, you know, it was just all this like music from another era. Like they yeah. were describing like like frontier themes, like frontier rock right, <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. which, and I didn't know how to, it's like, well, it's not folk really, it's just that the themes are of this weird yeah. era. Right. What are these words that they're saying? I don't you know. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I but I think, you know, I don't know how to define what our what this particular era like you look back at 80s music and I feel like back then you're like, "Oh, I understand that this is all a thing." But when I think about how do you define music now? What is it? What are this what's the what is music of the of 2012-2013? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait until 2000 Twenty-three for someone else to name it or whatever. I get, I don't know. I no, still don't weird. even know what the identity is. I mean, like nineties rock. Okay, like there's some, you know, Motown, Philly, and grunge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. some, but I, but so I feel like I recognize nineties music, but I don't know what this era of music is, and I don't know if it's just because we're in it. Yeah. Well, were the eighties? Were they considered glam back then? Did they say like we're a glam band, or is glam kind of like a derogatory term? I think I don't know. I feel like they must have used glam rock at the back time. In the day? Like Poison was. Were they just like a rock? Band? They were just. Hair? I think they was thought hair? of them. Were they, were they a hair band? Or was uh, that like that was probably derogatory to them because yeah. I, all those guys I think thought of themselves as metal bands. Metal, right? right. But yeah. then they, but then it, 
like glam is the perfect way to describe what it was because it did just like it got lipstick and hairspray and yeah and more about the you know the glitziness yeah but it's the like, glam period before it with like you know that was more punk or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, actually holds up quite well the, then you have the glam metal which is just basically radio right the glam pandering metal. to the you know big time music industry it's like David Bowie hits. and Kiss like in a blender you know or something like yeah <laughs> like, Holy shit. Some record producer told me once that the reason the 80s music sounded the way that it did is because everyone was doing so much cocaine that it it affected the way that they, like literally affected the way that they heard music. Yeah. And so they always felt like there wasn't enough high, high end. Yeah, I heard and that so too. that's so all the bass got dried out because they just went so high end. And when you listen yeah. to all the 80s music, you're like, yeah, there's almost no bass in it. It's just all high end and yeah. tinny and yeah. that was all chorus on the snare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeez, cocaine. Can't hear it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Turn it up. That's just the treble. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, they're just freaking out back there. So oh. now with, all the, with all the bass now and the fucking dubstep or whatever, what's the drug that's making that happen? I don't know. It's probably got to be, it's probably ecstasy because I think it's, ecstasy yeah. is probably the drug that just makes people want to hug sound. Right. And yeah. so, like... Uh, they feel it. They feel it. So they want yeah. to feel the bass kind of, like, vibrate their molecules yeah, as right. opposed to have their... have the shrill, high-end... Ecstasy's still kicking, huh? It's... I've never done it. Really? I've been... I'm, I'm afraid of drugs that... If anything happens to my body that I can't immediately identify... <laughs> I thought you Instant were, panic attack. I thought you were yeah. going to say, I'm afraid of a drug called... Ecstasy. <laughs> don't, don't be afraid of that. that would be, Sounds pretty good. <laughs> it's so scary. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Yeah, I mean, if you know, it, they should try to change the names to like death. Yeah. Well, they like, no, because then shit. No, because then younger kids would want to do it. Right. I want to do death shit. Well, they. Death shit. I heard that people are huffing shit these days. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Why would you huff shit? I don't know. To get high. That's what Google's for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. How do you get high off shit? You let it ferment in a bag. You know a you, lot about this. Yeah. What happened? Well, I had to get high, so I did. And that's it. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> you found a way. Yeah. Are you a shit huffer? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Johnny's Hufflepuffs. They call them Hufflepuffs. I just like to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway no Fazel. Yeah, yeah. No it's what. natural, man. My body makes it. Yeah. yeah. You know, just huff that shit. You know, like vodka is just potatoes. So yeah. what's wrong? Yeah, people eat potatoes. And Instead I can't of... make potatoes with my body. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the problem. I, yeah, see, the best is you eat a shitload of potatoes, then shit, and then sniff it. So yeah. you can make vodka, vodka, and you yeah. can yeah. shit huff. Mm. Yeah, finally, I this is good. That. John shit huff. <laughs> Attorney of law. Yeah. Shit huff. Have station. you been injured in an accident? Yeah. <laughs> Called Johnny Shit Huff. Have you been injured while huffing shit? <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> you may be entitled to work in yeah. if your shit huffing was on the job. Yeah, speaking of that, you ready to Ice shit? coffee fucking does the, does, the, does the thing. Do you feel, are you buzzing now? Oh man, yeah. You're flying out. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just feeling like I can just take a huge crap right now. Oh, that, that would have it. We could try it. That's man. so funny. Before yeah. you came out here, yeah. Ben said that maybe you, he was like, oh, he's probably taking a crap. I'm known to take t- take a number of shits every night. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys do the yeah. tour bus? Do you ever? Are you ever in that situation where you do? You, when you're in a tour, or you're not. He does a tour bus. <laughs> no, hell no. I was gonna say, do we, in a tour bus, would you make someone pull over like a Cracker Barrel, or would you just use the toilet no, on the bus? No, you never. No, that, that's like a that's a, a rule. big no no. No one ever shits on a tour bus, mm-hmm. and I wish to God that we could. 
Well, now that people are huffing it, you'd actually be doing them a favor. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'll be right back, and then in a couple hours, we can all gather around and fly right. high. Jesus. We can touch the, touch the sky. We could sit, yeah. And we could be writing some, writing some hits then. <laughs> Seriously, it's the new acid. Yeah. <laughs> new psychedelic generation. Great shit. Yeah. yeah. Is it, do you, what do you think about the, that sort of old 60s or 70s idea? Well, maybe it's not even 60s or 70s, but... You know, like, oh, yeah, Beatles wrote a lot of their best songs because they were super fucked up on, you know, you should thank heroin for a lot of the great music that came out. And the, like, do, you buy, do you buy into that? Or do you think, like, ah, that was probably just an excuse that they could do a lot of drugs? Hmm. Well, I, I would imagine, at least with LSD and stuff, it was a huge awakening time. I mean, socially and just um, to have that option where no one knows how scary uh or how it's going to affect you later, LSD or even pharmaceutical cocaine or whatever. Yeah. That oh, that's not addictive. You're or yeah, you're fine. My doctor yeah. gave me this yeah. exactly. Um, so there's probably like some innocence surrounding it, where people were just discovering new shit. Um, but uh, who knows, man? I, I think those people that wrote all that great music were already talented enough to to have written that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure it didn't hurt, but well, until later. Um, I don't know. Until later, yeah. when you have to cash in. Yeah, or actually, you know, go to the DMV or something, and you're fucking super yeah. whacked out of your mind on too much acid. Yeah, I think I think that's that's another way to kind of like a lot of people that listen to the music haven't haven't done all the drugs they imagine these people doing. So sure. it kind of adds to the mystique, and it kind of helps them be like, well, oh, well, I mean, they just some way understand how fucking awesome a song is. Like, oh, he must have been. And that heroin. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's no other excuse. There's no, you couldn't have just been a talented individual. No, no, right. I mean, that chemical. song is so good, he must have been fucked up. <laughs> you know, that's creative stuff. You know, but that's not, I don't think that's the case. No, I mean, Eric Clapton or something, like, completely shut in his house or whatever for yeah. years until they finally pulled him back out and said, please, God, make music. You yeah. know, I mean, it doesn't seem like the most, uh, Productive time for a lot of people. Yeah, that Aerosmith record, like before they took the big break, I can't remember what record it is, but the front of it is like caricatures of them or something. Damn, I can't remember the name, but it's when when they were like holed up in the in like with guns and a bunch of blow. (laughs) Oh, and that's when they were doing. That's yeah, that's when it was about. It was almost over for them until Run DMC brought them back. Yeah, yeah, that record is just hilarious, man. Like it's just I don't know. It didn't seem like the seventies seems like such a dangerous time to have been any kind of artist or money-making entity because there was people just didn't seem as aware of like you shouldn't do a lot of these things because they will ultimately kill you and so they they just these lifestyles were totally um negatively reinforced by you know the record industry or whatever yeah and just people just it seems like they just got, just got ruined. Like not just not just like well, I had a hit song and then I you know I just had to get a regular job. Like fucking ruined. Yeah, yeah. Like their health, their lives. Yeah. Like yeah. mega destitute. You know. Yeah. Super, if they if they lived, it's just like, <laughs> so true. It's such yeah. a fucked up era. I know. But now it feels like hey, you could be a nice guy and you could play. Yeah, we like playing music. We're in a band. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to. It doesn't have to be fucking crazy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, if you don't like it, just. There's so you're you have access to so much music, you know. You don't have to like us, you know. And no, and support groups. There's a lot of support groups. Now there probably weren't as many support <laughs> groups in the '70s. I wonder. Yeah, I mean, there might probably opening bands in the '70s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, 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 
well done. And took it, and Damn, I said support groups and you were <laughs> But they actually, they're, they're called support group. Right. And they play open for you, and then they just make sure that you have counseling afterwards. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's our cover. Yeah. The sponsors. They're opening for us. <laughs> that a, that's a good name. Yeah. Our first song, My Name is Bill W., is all about uh, getting fucked up on life. Yeah. Hi, my name's Ryan, and I'm a musician. Hi, Ryan. Yeah. Hello. Let's fucking jam! Yeah! Is there... When you when you kind of look at the albums, is there one song or two songs in particular that you, in your head thought, oh, this is going to be the one that pops, and then it wasn't the song that pops, and maybe you were surprised by another album, um, one of those songs? Of our own stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I've always, I've always missed that one. Shanked that fucking fastball. <laughs> uh, shit, the first record, I thought, like, one of our least popular songs was going to be the first, uh, first single. Fucking whiffed on that one. Which one? Um, it's, like, the tenth song on the album, or something like that. Wicked Gill. Gill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Missed that one. I've missed every single damn one of them. Me and my dad, too, will always be like, we'll put money on that shit and lose every time. <laughs> so I have no idea. Well, the last one we had a pretty good idea. That, was, that one seemed like it kind of made sense for it to yeah. be released. The only the redeeming only, one. Yeah. yeah. One of the only rocking ones on that, yeah. I guess. Do you, no, do, that. do you guys control everything about, like, do you, is it all within your... Hell no. <laughs> we take advice, honestly. We trust our counsel um, in a way that, uh, yeah, it might be even uh, the opposite of what we want to do as far as, you know, releasing the first single or um, stuff like that. But we trust the people that also have more experience than us, that our management and stuff like that. Not, we're not above taking people's advice, you know? Yeah. And do you, at what point... Do you ever push back and go, no, I really think it should be this, or do you... It's about to happen, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking the vel- mutiny. The Velvet Hammer Bridwell. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's about to get interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, in as specific terms as you're comfortable talking about, is do you want to talk about it, or do you not want to talk about it? I don't care. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. What's what's happening? Well, I'm just going to sh- huff a bunch of shit. <laughs> They're yeah. advising me not to do this, but I just don't <laughs> yeah. think they understand. No, I think it's... Um, <laughs> Uh, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I think we've just we've allowed ourselves to kind of follow a lot of advice, and uh, now it's I'd like to take it back to um, what started the whole thing, which was just writing. Not for I don't know. It, it's tough to say. I guess just trying to get back to what it originally was, which is just writing weird ass songs that probably don't make that much sense to other people with weird tunings and. Uh, Sad as crap and um, a bit brutal at times. And so, so basically, there are people in your life who are saying you should write this type of song because these kinds of records sell. Is that it? You know, it's not that. It's that at least on the last record, there were, there was so much material um, to choose from, and then we went with a producer that's um, that's highly touted from the '60s and '70s, Glenn Johns, who did a lot of the Rolling Stone stuff and Who and um, so we just trusted his, we trusted his angle that he wanted to go in, which was kind of like this rock and roll kind of outfit thing, which was fun as hell. Absolutely fun. And to not use computers and all that was uh, liberating in a way. But at the same time, it wasn't exactly what we thought the album was going to sound like. So, and it's not, I don't mean to, to bag on anybody in the process. If anything, it's my fault for not uh, 
steering it what in which my gut wanted me to go in. Um, so it was fun as hell, but it might not have been the exact direction that we thought we should be going in. So um, it's just it'll be interesting to get back to the core of it, which is our own gut instincts. Is it? Um, do you think it can be sort of a uh, a liability sometimes to be a nice guy, where you don't want to like rock the boat, or you want to be like, uh, yeah, okay, sure, if you guys think so, and then Absolutely. at a certain point you're like, fuck, why didn't I? Yeah, do that? I can be completely non-confrontational about things, and and if someone has a really hard opinion about something, you know, I I can be I can let them do that. Say, all right, well, cool, we'll just try that and see what happens. Um, so yeah, it, it can be a bit um, counterproductive to not be, um, I guess, as forthright with your own personal feelings. <laughs> <laughs> At what point in that album was it? Uh, was it the album that just came out, or the one, or the one, the before? one that just came out? Okay, yeah, or like yeah, six months ago or something. And then. Um, uh, what was at what point did you hear it and you go oh man, man this wasn't exactly what we thought it was going to be was it was it too late to make it what you wanted to be there was that but it was also unnerving that it was happening so fast or so quickly because the one before that Infinite Arms did take us a long time of um, kind of over overthinking the process a bit which was um, maddening but um, really fun this one just went so fast that it seemed like there was no pain so where's the game kind of thing, even oh, right. while it's happening. Um, unnerving for sure, and by the time it was over, certainly that feeling of, shit, did we do enough? You know, or did we, not, did, we, did we not stand up for the material that we actually thought might be the best way to go? And how do you do that? I mean, like, is it, is it are you basically just communi- communicating through, through, through email, or do you have meetings, or how do you, you know, when you guys are all spread out, is it, uh, how, how do you kind of, pull that all together and stand as a united front against, you know, the other side. Shit, that's a tough one. Yeah. I think for the majority of the time, they'll trust me to kind of make those hard decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we'll all kind of get together finally in a back lounge of a bus or something and be like, shit, what the fuck did we do? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or once we all get to finally air our, um, you know, positives or negatives... Um, we feel very united, but I don't know. Sometimes I guess just allow things to get, you know, things just go astray, you know, or just go awry. I don't know what the hell happened. Well, it's hard because I think particularly with something like this, you have to have a certain amount of eye for granularity, like in terms of, you know, how, how, how are all the small things sounding? How is each individual note sounding? How is all that sounding together? And then you have to be able to have that sort of global view, I guess, where you go, all right, how is everything as a unit working? How are all the songs working together? Exactly. Does it all make sense? And if you're focused too much on one or the other, I imagine, I'm guessing, that it's fuck, you just have to have a balance of all of it. Yeah. Might end up just to sleep at the damn wheel because you are paying attention to how making sure your guitar part's right or something like that. Yeah. But um, shit, who knows? Maybe in 10 years I'll be like, that was the best fucking album we ever did. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely like, each one of the records were, were done totally different way like we put them all put them all in a row all four of them you know it's it's kind of cool like you know you learn from you learn from uh, good and bad ways of you know processes that have gone on with the records and just move on make some more and try to try to make it better than the last one exactly but not as good as the next one 
<laughs> do you are you thinking? Do you ever do you ever think ahead? And you go, you know, I have an idea for a song, but I feel like that'll probably be good for the seventh album. Like you don't want to get too far ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think really though, the, some of the material that that was available at the time didn't seem like it would fit within that process or be exactly. Um, it wouldn't be as good. Or the, even Glenn might not enjoy that kind of tone or something yeah. like it's aggressive or angular or something like that. He might not get it. And I think a couple times that happened. He just did not get that kind of tune. So yeah, it's like, all right, put that on the back burner and we'll, we'll take care of that next time. Yeah. Then, then do you, when you're, when you're playing live, are, is that your opportunity to throw the sounds in that you want to, to like sort of redo that to, you know, almost like a do over in those cases. Absolutely. You have a chance to reinvent every night. Mm-hmm. That's the, the best part about yeah. playing live. You can yeah. just do anything. We play so much. It's, you know, you don't have to fucking try something completely different one night. You can slide something in. And if, if you if one of the dudes in the band goes, Fuck, or something, or you're like, <laughs> damn, that sounded like shit. We'll, we'll do that tomorrow in Topeka. Yeah. And, I love Topeka. Dude. I know, man. That's where your parents are hanging yeah. out, right? Yeah, that's where everybody's coming these days. <laughs> Topeka is the new. Thing. Everybody's coming. Everybody's coming. Where? To Topeka. So what's the what's the what's the sort of delineation between like we want to try new stuff or we want to express things in new ways that are exciting for us, but at the same time, you know, when people go to a show, a lot of times they don't necessarily want to be really surprised. Like they want to. Yeah. That's why it's so funny to go see a live show. When people get so caught, I'm like, play that song that I was listening to in my car, but played exactly the same yeah, way. Right. Yeah. I just want to see you do it. Yeah. Like puppets. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's the other side where people be like, they played exactly like the album that's fucking boring. Right. You can't please everybody or anybody, it seems like. I think, yeah, a good way to balance that out to kind of get our, get our rocks off by, like, doing something different. You play, play the song, but do it, you know, different, like, differently. Yeah. Like totally. Hopefully better. Hopefully better. Yeah. yeah, like heavier is usually the case way we go. Or sometimes you strip a heavy one down to yeah. completely, you know, desolate and sad. Yeah, so, so that makes us, that keeps it fresh and still they hear the tune. Yeah. Or, the, or hopefully they recognize the, the song. <laughs> At yeah. all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I've always wanted to know, what is Dilly about? Oh, shit. That's a great question. All right, I think time's up. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's like the one. If you fucking ask me about that song, I'm going to fucking yeah. flip this table over. You know how close we are to that balcony, dude? Oh, shit. <laughs> We're 19 stories up. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what the fuck that song's about. So you can throw know. me off the balcony, too. I kind of... Oh, man. Isn't that kind of fun, though, that you can write a song, and it comes from somewhere in your brain. Right. And you may not even know what that is. And of course, people will assign what they think it is. Right. But I find that so interesting that you could write something and go, I don't know, I'm trying to express something, and even I don't know exactly what it is, but there it is. It obviously came out. Yeah, I think a lot of times, I know Tyler Ramsey, our guitar player, he wrote the music to that. So I just had to put some words to it. And uh, I'll just mess around with like phonetic garbage, really, just start babbling. Um, on a demo or something just to kind of get the meter of how I, I want at least the melody to go and then sometimes form the story around that and I'm, I know there are some things snuck in there that are uh, certainly a part of a storyline um, but a lot of it might just be that's what the meter 
just kind of spitting out some fucking words. No, you you might think that, but I honestly think that on a very subconscious level that there's something that that's pulling out of you that you may not even oh, realize. Oh, I know it. I'm not going to say that out loud, but I know what the hell that story's about. Oh, you I do? Mean, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that is true on On songs. tons of yeah, shit. So yeah. there is a story. There is a story I about it. I believe so, yeah. But I, uh, uh, it's the, uh, the placement of the, yeah, like... Those weird little... Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's not that's not like a normal that that to me I think is what I've always loved about your music is that nothing about it feels cookie cutter like those aren't exactly on the meter it's like well this is a 4/4 four, four song and then right. this part and then here's a bridge and this like they totally kind of you know, so it's the only thing I always love about Stevie Wonder is that like he'll come in out of nowhere where you didn't even realize there was a space for something. Yeah, and you're like, "Fuck!" and it just yeah. like sucker punches you. Oh my god! Yeah, I bet what that was was a different take of different phonetic garbage at a different meter, and listening to both of them at the same time and being like, "Oh shit!" You can those are the two different meats in the fucking bread sandwich <laughs> yeah. or whatever. What the hell? That's you know, the thing but, I, I love about his writing, you know, that what you just said. You know, it's totally like when I when I, I I came into the band on the second record, and I was, you know, I remember my brother got a new car, and he pulled up to my house in Columbia, and was like, "You got to check out the sound system over This is Bridwell's band, and we put on everything all the time, like on his new like Accord that he got. Or <laughs> it's best system ever, and he like he's fucking cranked it up, and like that, I mean, I I liked the record before before, but listening to it there, I was like, wow, this just this sounds amazing. So we were, I was huge fans of that. And when, when I joined the band, I was noticing, learning the song structures and everything, I was noticing what I really liked about it was the, was the simple but, but totally unorthodox way of when to do something. Yeah. And how patient a lot of the songs are, you know, that he writes. Like, you know, when I, he brought me in the studio to put organ on stuff, and he just, like, sit there, and he was looking at me and be like, no, like, hit the chord, no, another measure goes by. No, I was like, "Holy fuck, this is awesome!" Like, I'm playing one fucking chord for a long, long fucking time, and it changes at a certain time. And like, I was like, "Okay, I'll just have to remember where that is," you know. Only a couple changes, but it, it seems like like just a huge landscape is built. Being so patient on when to change chords, which me, I was just like, "Oh, I couldn't, I can't wait to get to the next chord." You know, I want there's something different, but to have like a, it's a real super like really laid back and broader approach that Ben has, I think, like, to writing a song, which is... But that's just being an amateur and having no idea of how to write a song. No matter, also. What, no matter what it is, it's, it's fucking awesome. You know, a lot of people don't have it, whether, you know, a lot of people... You can't teach what he's got, man. Oh, man! <laughs> yeah. It all comes from the heart! <laughs> it's true! But, but do you see it as, you know, so, like, you know, you're putting, you're putting that chord way later in the song. Do you feel in your brain, like, well, that's where that has to go. Or do you say, no, everyone else would put it there, so I'm going to put it here. Oh, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, it just you, you just you just feel like that's that's where it should go? Well, honestly, I mean, even when I first started doing it, I didn't even know where to put my hands on a guitar. So I got all these songs, a lot of these songs, are just like, oh, okay, my fingers are comfortable there. Now I'll tune the strings down to whatever makes <laughs> a real or something sounding kind of chord mm -hmm. and had no idea so I, there's, it's completely beyond me um, at least back in the first two records especially I just didn't even know how to play a normal chord on a guitar you know? yeah I, I think like I think uh, I mean I'm not like a theory nerd or anything you know as far as like music theory but um, you know but we've talked before about like you know 
I don't think you know. I don't. We don't even want Ben to like, you know, learn how take, to play, take lessons yeah. or whatever. You know, uh, because it's it's just kind of like, you, you know, I, I've seen like um, jazz like kind of ruin good rock guitarists. You know, because you know so much. You know. Oh and, right. You know, and like it's like everything is so fucking cerebral, and like you have you know, everything has to kind of make sense. You know, but. Um, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too because you know I, I'm familiar with what chords you know would sound good together, and if you know if I make them not sound good together, it's on purpose. You know, or like there's some sort of rhyme in my head sometimes. You know, that's so funny when the academics of it get in the way. Totally gets in the way, and they don't get in the way with them. You know, and I think that's that's. I think they've begun to. Yeah. That's where it's like you need to strip all that shit away and go back to. That's what I think I'm trying to get back to is, man, fuck standard yeah. tuning and. Uh, just find some weird shit, and who who gives a shit if it's one chord throughout the whole song? Yeah. Find something that just resonates within you, and don't worry about how it's supposed to be played by others or how it's going to be heard. And really. I think that's awesome. You know, it's like let's make a song. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be in a you know. It doesn't have to be a certain chord in like the Western music. It doesn't have to be like it could. You could make a song out of any instrument, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what condition the instrument's in. You know, if you hear something, you just want to keep it fucking. You want to hold that F sharp for fucking twenty four measures. Just do it. You know, nobody <laughs> says you can't fucking do it. You What's know? a measure? Exactly. See, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the kind of thing talking about it's the new new album. What's, yeah, a, measure? What's a measure? <laughs> What's a measure? Yeah. And then the first chord is like fourteen seconds long. Yeah. Oh, it's just gonna be huffing a bag of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I really do. I really do feel fortunate to to be in a band with him. It was his original. Super. He's an American original. Yeah, he's contractually obliged to say that. I'm actually not. <laughs> Obligated, at least. I can see the sincerity in yeah. his eyes. I mean, I'm serious. Um, I mean, really. Oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> see your eyes. Uh, but, but I think it's, I think it's kind of an exciting... I think frustration is an exciting place to be sometimes because that's when you start breaking new ground in yourself where you start digging around and you're like, I'm not satisfied. I mean, like, I don't think... You know, any kind of art stuff, it's music or comedy or writing or whatever, like, uh, I think a lot of the good stuff comes from you're frustrated. Yeah. And you're fucking have to figure it out. And that's, that's a good, that's a good place to be. No Because whatever you're about to discover is probably going to hopefully make you really happy. Yeah, I think that and survival is, yeah. are the two key elements, you know, because even starting the band, I had, I'd just be washing dishes forever. Don't have any damn high school education or shit so it's like I had to do something or I'd be right back in the dish pit you know so I think now it's, it, it helps to yeah be frustrated and to want to keep it going enough to survive really mm -hmm. what do you think you've learned in going from not really knowing anything about music or the music business to now you're four albums in so what when you look back like what do you feel do you do you sense growth or do you do you know are you aware of that or what have yeah. you learned God, I've learned so much, but also throughout the band's existence, we've been through a number of different members. I think we have 10 ex-players at some point, but I think the, the greatest thing was learning that if something wasn't right, to correct it, to finally get to a place where there's harmony, and that's what we got to with Ryan joining in 2007, I believe, mm -hmm. um, and Creighton, our drummer, he joined right before you did, maybe 2006, mm -hmm. and later Bill and Tyler. It took... It, take, it took a lot of wrong turns to, to get to that feeling that is this harmonious operation we have. So um, at least if, if there's that, it's like to trust your instinct and say, you know what, 
if this person isn't right, then maybe there's someone waiting that is going to feel like perfect. And that's what we got. Mm -hmm. So with... Uh, it's that patience I was talking about, see? He knows how to be patient. Yeah. Not patient enough to fucking keep those dudes around, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Patient to be like, okay, we're patient we're, to we're know that eventually the right person would come exactly. up. Exactly. Cycle That's, through yeah. some, of those, some of those other people. I mean, is it? You know, I feel like a, a stand-up comic or a performer, like a like an actor or a performer, someone who's you know who uses words as opposed to music. If they like, if I if I put out an album, if I put out a comedy album and it didn't turn out exactly the way I want, I have the luxury of basically saying to the world like, this is wasn't exactly what I wanted, and I know that, and I want you to know that, so that we're all aware of it. Right. <laughs> so, but what do you like? You know, if you have frustrations with your with your album, how do you express? Do you t say that to people, or do you express it, or if it's not exactly what you want, are you like, oh guys, I know this is close to what we wanted. Like, do you express that, or do you keep it in? You just don't play those songs at the shows. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like it's hard to. I mean, you can you can just say that with any record because I mean you, you don't have to defend it or anything. You can just say like that's what happened, especially the way we did the last record. It's like put up some mics and played some songs, and that's what happened. Yeah, we're a band. There's some songs we had at the time. Bam, moving on. Yeah. You know? So it's not like you know we don't feel like we have to defend it or or fucking give any sort of disclaimer about it. It's like it's one of our records. You that's know? that's a much just healthier. Like yeah. that, that's a good attitude because it. Yeah. I think holding on to stuff can <laughs> ruin people if something's not. So you know if you're if you're super obsessive, it's like this wasn't exactly. God damn it! It's never gonna be. You know, I really believe that. Yeah. It's never gonna be exactly the way we want it. You know, especially. I mean, I I, I made a solo record. I had no one to to blame or anything. It's still not the way I wanted it. You know, it's just a fucking. You know, it's never gonna be exactly the way you hear it. You played every you know? instrument too. You played every instrument. <laughs> it's still not. <laughs> and I had a, I spent a lot of fucking money doing it, and it's not exactly how I want it. I had all the time in the world. It's not exactly how I wanted it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like if you. <laughs> but I'll make another one and try again. It's just like the. You know, and it's not going to be. It's not going to be. Yeah. It is. I mean, you it's know? sort of this. On a simplified level, it's the same thing. Where I, in my head, if I go, uh, all right, I'm going to draw a picture of Alec Baldwin, and then I get a pen and I draw a face, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, yeah. it looks like Alec Baldwin in my head. Why is it Pac-Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make yeah. sense in my head, but just somewhere between my head and my fingers. Yeah, Alec Baldwin did not appear on the page. And, and, and as much as you can carry that around, it shows and like show people a picture of Pac-Man. Like, no, fuck you. That is Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Don't you see you it? Know, like that is Alec Baldwin. Uh. You're a fucking idiot. That's Alec Baldwin. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Anyone can see. Yeah, yeah. That's Alec Baldwin. Yeah. You can sense the rage underneath. Yeah, you see it. You know. What do you guys do when you're uh, when you're touring? Do you go back and forth a lot, or do you are you just out for like two months at a time? Shit, this summer we'll go back and forth a lot yeah. from Europe to the states, back hopping back and forth. But usually we'll just get on a long ass fucking run. You know, we'll go North America and then pop over to Europe for a long run. Seems like we're always just out, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really make any damn difference because we're glad to be working. So mm -hmm. it's kind of weird. You know, you always hear of bands being on, like, the Grateful Dead toured for 30 years. Yeah. Or, like, Metallica was on tour for two and a half years for the Black Album. Right. It's like, I don't Fuck know. no. You were off like, for months at a time. You had to be off for Christmas. 
Metallica, you know. I don't know if the Grateful like, Dead did. I'm just not sure they had homes to go back to. They did. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Just... Yeah, no, in your head it seems like it, but you know, when you, if you're actually, you do it for a living, you think like, shit, two months seems like a long time to be on the road. Couldn't imagine like, well, damn, like I feel like a pussy, you know, because, you know, the, you know, the dad and all my brothers, the dudes are up, but whatever, they, they had to have taken time off or they... You know, they just totally run themselves ragged, which they did anyway, and they, <laughs> yeah. they probably still had time off. You know, because Metallica, I remember hearing that, like, they were on tour for two years, and I was thinking, well, that must have been fun, fucking cool. But they... they Look took, at the dates on the back of the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, has to be some, there has to be some gaps. Yeah. I know, I've been gone from home for, like, three weeks, and um, my my girlfriend flew out last night and met me in Austin. I'd been in New York, but... I was even starting to go a little like I I can't go tour for a long period of time. I go I go perform and then I go home and I go perform and I go home. I've I've been I've been away from home for like three weeks and I was like I don't feel good. Like I just don't feel right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have that touchstone. You it's know? it's odd. Do you, do you ever when you get off stage are you guys super energized or do you sort of feel like ah, I'm empty? Like you know sometimes you can sort of have that thing where you throw it all out there for an audience and then afterwards you're just like eh, yeah, I just kind of feel tired and empty. I'm always, I can't even like think for at least like 15 minutes. Hands don't work. I'm trying to get out a cigarette and dropping everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then about 30 minutes later, there's no sleep. Yeah. Like just thinking about how, just, yeah, at least a good performance, just completely so jazzed that the mind just starts going crazy. I think because it's not natural for me to do this job at all. Um, that it just boggles my mind and get so excited about it, you know, or, just to think that it, it at least came out the way, not like a record, but like the performance happened exactly like we wanted it to happen. The set list fucking worked. Yeah, you know, yeah. it had ebbs and fucking flow and right. we just killed. How can we capture that and do that all the time? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It's maddening in, in a great way though. Like, stay up all night. Well, it's hard because a, a large part of that is you're you're forming a relationship with an audience and and an audience is is essentially a unified sentient mass yeah and you're not always gonna i mean it's like a, a lot of it depends on your audience cuz you're forming a relationship with them yeah so if they're if you if you can sort of be in phase then it totally works out but some i think that's why it's hard for like Oh, we're gonna capture that lightning every night because mm -hmm. not every audience is exactly yeah, the same. Yeah. Some I people mean, are boring. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a time where the audience has just sat there like, and we've been we've like been backstage like, holy shit! Like they just look like they're like not being entertained. Just kind of a mellow yeah. audience watching us. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they thought it was terrible. But I don't think we've ever come backstage after a show and like. With a super placid audience, I'm like, that was the most kick-ass show. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know, like, like if the crowd's going ape shit, we can be throwing clams all over the place, and like we're stoked. Yeah, you know. So that I think that's the that is the, you're exactly right. It's the key element to like you know, it's they have to be on fire in order for us. What about to you? When you have a good show, yeah, or yeah, it's uh, the sleep thing is absolutely true. It's you just keep replaying it in your head, and you go home and. Uh, uh, I guess I, I'd only been doing stand-up for a few years, and I did a set at the Improv in Los Angeles, and and uh, Drew Carey was there, and I fucking crushed. And afterwards, he came in, I was like, "Hey, man, that was really funny." And it just, you know, I had I'd only been doing stand-up for a few years, and it just I still was like, "Oh my god!" And I, I didn't sleep that night because I was just replaying in my head all of the. I was like, "Yeah, it really did go well." And yeah, Drew Carey saw and that. Drew, Drew was. Yeah, yeah. He, said, he didn't have to come up to me, and it, right. it just like he just said a couple words to me, and it totally. 
I was flying on that for you know for like a week. Feels so good. It yeah. does. It was really it was really great. Do you have a, Do you guys have a favorite show? Like, do you have a, is there is there a show that in particular that you think of as like, yes, this is the benchmark for. There's tons of those where yeah, I, I think we, we played Roskilde in Denmark in a 2009, I think, and even before we went on, the energy in this tent, this festival tent, was fucking bonkers. People were chanting, chanting. and like soccer chants, you know, yeah. uh, before we even took the stage, and then. They just lost their fucking minds. They yeah. sang louder than than we could turn our amps up. I mean, they were crazy. Yeah, that was that point. That was the biggest crowd we ever played in front of. And that's what we want. I mean, I think we just want to see people lose their fucking minds. Yeah. You know, and I don't give a shit if you're even a quiet song. Go ahead, scream, do whatever. Yeah, you know, let's I just want to see some organized chaos and some anarchy. <laughs> like actually, during the um, Infinite Arms in Vegas, that's when that. That little skirmish broke out in the front. Uh huh. Like we we have we have really great fans. Like you don't see like fights and crazy shit a lot with us. You know, we have really respectful, awesome fans. But in Vegas, the last two times we played there, we've seen like a fight in the crowd. Right, <laughs> and like and like and like we uh, and like it was during Infinite Arms, which and, like during like I had a dream, like the, super <laughs> mellow, like, the most mellow part ever, and like er, like you know you see people just going. Like, we have like projection and crazy lights and like. And people just zoning out, and then like these, this girl, these two girls, like fighting, you know. And it, it was like the sweetest part of the set, you know. Just like fucking worked up, you know. And like at that point, I was like, that, uh, yeah, it's kind of that's fucking, a reaction, you know. No shit. <laughs> I think they're fighting over who was the bigger fan. Yeah, a band of horses. <laughs> that's usually. I am no yeah. fuck you, bitch. And then it's like it's time to throw down. Yeah. It's a badge of pride, right there. Yeah. Well, we we fought um, on the side of the stage when we when we were on the road with my morning jacket like every night like oh yeah I'm such, such a bigger fan than, yeah exactly than, than you are so being and I would just duke it out like we do so. naked weigh in before just to see who was at yeah. least heavier I know I'm I a heavier fan <laughs> yeah yeah I have a I have a live recording of theirs but it was part of some music festival somewhere and it's uh, and they're doing Bermuda Highway and it's his voice is fucking insane yeah. like it's it's just it's pitch perfect, but it's a little raspy, mm-hmm. and it just you hear you can hear you can hear the silence if that makes any sense. Like you can hear people in the audience just like like with their mouths agape mm-hmm. because his his voice just cuts through mm-hmm. so beautifully. I, that's funny. I, I was when I lived with um, an awesome songwriter musician, Danielle Howell, mm-hmm. in Columbia. At one point, we were we were buds, and. I remember I was listening to them on her computer while she was out of town on the tour. She called just to check in, and um, uh, and she, I remember she, her saying something like through the phone, like, like wow, like who's that singing? It's got a hell of a voice, and like I could barely hear it. Shit. You know? And I was like, that's uh, my morning jacket. She's like, wow, you can hear some hear some pain in there. Anyway, I gotta go. I was like, <laughs> like, holy shit. You know, like, you can hear some pain in there? Like, you know, like, I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, I guess you can, but like, she could hear it, like, even through a phone. Like, totally was, cuts through. Yeah, you know, so it's pretty funny. That's why I think uh, it's so interesting about, um, about what our, what, I mean, it, I'm gonna make a dumb, obvious statement here, but what, what mass pop culture has accepted as, like, good singers, and it's that kind of annoying Technically proficient, we you know my, my friends and I always called it soul yodeling, but like that American Idol, like yeah, uh, it's yeah, like yeah. 
Yeah, you can do all of those things with your voice. Scales. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, you listen to, like, an Etta James record, and she's not doing that, and her voice is amazing, and because she has soul, like, there's a story that she's telling. And I think, culturally, we're so obsessed with, like, fame and the superficial parts, and, oh, I just want people to think I'm good, rather than just... Oh, this person has a real a soul and a story to tell and, and right. emotions to get out. That it's the emotions, not the ability to arpeggiate your voice oh, up yeah. and down. You, you wouldn't, you know, you hear a lot of singers that are like influenced by Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Like, you know, she's like the queen yeah. soul, you know? And singing, she's to me like one of the best voices ever that I've ever heard recorded. And you don't hear her doing those long like arpeggios. <laughs> you hear her just going like, <laughs> you know, like stabbing, just like, oh, no. Nah! You know who I blame for that? I blame Mariah Carey. I seem to remember, like, in the late 80s, mm-hmm. when she was young, like, just this young girl with an insane voice that could do that dog whistle octave. Yeah. yeah. That um, she was the one that was like, yeah. like, just did all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And I think that fucking ruined an entire generation. She, she I think she took cues from Whitney, though. Oh, you think so? That, oh, maybe you're like, right. But, but they could actually, like, they could do it well. And their voices were amazing. And that was their thing, you know. So maybe if you're influenced by that, you don't have to do that. But it's, it's, to me, it just feels like peacocking so much where it's like, look what I can do. Oh, yeah, totally, you know? man. Yeah, yeah. You're just, you're just, it's like, it's like disguising, it's like a facade. It's like a movie set where you're like, oh, look, that's a beautiful house. And you go inside and you're like, oh, this is just the front of a house. <laughs> There's nothing inside but right. a couple of work lights. But a couple um, you know, outlets. You can stick your finger in it and get kind of the same. Yeah, same yeah. Thing. And a couple of grips shit huffing. Right. Because totally. uh, yes. that's, where they, that's where they sneak up. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> the new experimental album that you're going to do next oh, is shit huffing. Can't wait. <laughs> just do me, please do me one favor. Hmm. I be- just write... Let's let's sort of combine some things that we talked about on the podcast today. Okay. Please write and and I'll know and you'll know and you'll know. Write a song about shit huffing, but don't say that it's shit huffing. Right. Just describe. Just describe the feeling, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just capture the essence of what shit, shit huffing is. You got it. And, <laughs> and and I'll know. We'll know that that's. I would I would be honored yeah. if you if. And people are like, what is this beautiful, haunting song? Yeah, yeah. And then when someone in an interview says, what's that song about? You just go, it's shit huffing. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Well, it's, it's people Chris Harwick will know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask him. Well, who will pawn it off on you? That'd be great. No shit. It'll be our little yeah. secret. Ask so Chris, yeah, like every single... Ask Chris Harwick. Then you'll have fans on the next album all trying to figure out which the shit huff song yeah. is. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it's ironically not the song called Shit Huff. You <laughs> no, think no, that's no, going to no. be it, but that's a red herring. That's a brown herring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and by the way, Ben brings these to everywhere oh, he goes. That is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch it. Chris, our aesthetic director, came up last night and was hanging out, and he's like, oh, that's kind of ironic, yeah. isn't it? Like, <laughs> I did not even know. Okay, we're sitting in this, this one part of the room, and we're at a dining table, and behind Ben's head, two individual pictures of horse silhouettes. I think they're identical, too, right? Are they identical? Oh, maybe they are. Yeah, they're identical. Yeah. They sort of, it sort of looks like, a, um, like an etching or like a... I don't know, but they're two really kind of spectral-looking horses yeah. that are behind your head. Oh, I always request that. Yeah, yeah. these sweets that I stay in all the time. Yeah. The writer says, must have two spectral ponies. Mm-hmm. Spectral ponies. <laughs> Identical. To Ident- them. It's yeah. really the same spectral pony twice. It's the exact twice. same thing, yeah. Yeah. 
Or there could be weird f- shit, man. Yeah. Like those fucking bulbs over there that have been ripped open to have this weird, like, torn vag thing yeah. going on. Yeah. Golden dinosaur eggs. I'm trying to describe this place is. Uh, I would have said I would have said alien eggs. Like it almost it's a ah. little bit. It's a little bit of like like alien. Yeah. Oh, um, there's two the two waters by the TV. You left those untouched. Yeah, probably, probably cause they weren't wine. seven dollars. <laughs> I didn't oh, touch them because they weren't red wine. <laughs> I need to come with that red wine water. Then. <laughs> it is. I, I do like to uh, when, when I'm doing a show and I go backstage, especially because at a college, because at colleges they're really sweet and they're generally student-run organizations, and so they're extra accommodating. I just pretend that whatever is already in the room was on my rider. Like, oh, you got that? Uh, you got you got the stuff fever. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I just, I just yeah. kind of just list things. Like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, you got the. <laughs> oh, you got the the sheetrock that's beat to shit. You got the feel like a chair in the corner. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Not a lot of people get this white table. Yeah, everything's here. Right? Yeah. I, I had the best. I had the best dressing room the other day in uh, at one of the Penn State campuses, uh, which was the girls' wrestling locker room. But really, a locker room that they had put two. Uh, cushy chairs like this in front of the lockers and then just a table <laughs> with a with a champagne bucket and a bottle of water like they made it look really fancy yeah but the juxtaposition of like there's girls wrestling uniforms in the meshed locker right it was a, it was really funny what do those even look like um you know just like uh kind of like a unitard but just like a one like a bathing like, like, like a one like a one piece bathing suit, suit kind of a thing sexy yeah it was yeah. it was um, and and I knew it was the girls' locker room because it, 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 there was a toilet connected to it. Honest to God, bucket of tampons, just like just out. <laughs> not, I mean, not. I mean, they were new, um, but just a bucket of tampons, just like a fucking bucket, a bucket, like an ice bucket. Yes, like an yeah, ice yeah. bucket with tampons, with like, a handle on it and everything. Yes, like if you were a tampon connoisseur and you're like, yeah. bring me my bucket of tampons. <laughs> But obviously just there in case anyone needed him, but it was right. just, the presentation of it was just so weird. <laughs> now you got that on your rider, too. Now I can say the rider, okay, yeah. a bucket of tampons. Some tune good. of tampons, please. <laughs> Hang on a sec, let me, uh, yeah. okay, 38, good, there's 38 tampons here. Yeah. No less, no more, no less. Yeah, only the green tampons. 38. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, these aren't them, I'm going to need the slenders. All right. <laughs> we, we got to hang out in a lot of locker rooms touring with Pearl Jam, like they played big basketball arenas and hockey arenas, and yeah. that was pretty bizarre. Yeah, they also kind of you know, set up the dressing room to look nice, but no, it's a it's a nasty ass yeah, locker room. Sweaty, like weird, playing like Buffalo Sabers hockey <laughs> arena, like just hanging out, smoking cigarettes in the in the Buffalo Sabers locker room, <laughs> taking massive craps back there. And <laughs> it always comes back to massive craps. It does really. Uh, was that's, that why, that's why you shouldn't take more than like three seconds to decide what you're gonna eat. It's all gonna turn to shit. <laughs> Was, was Eddie Vedder like, hey guys, you know, it's, uh, I take a lot of massive craps in the room. <laughs> Come in here, man. <laughs> Check this one out. <laughs> we bonded, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how's, how's Pearl Jam? They, they seem like kind of nice guys. About as easy as, as it gets, man. Coolest, I swear, they nicest. were so sweet to us. Yeah. And really just inspiring to see a band that can last that long and and really enjoy what they do enough to like... To work at it, to put on a fucking stellar show every night, man. It was super inspiring. And they were they were really kind to us. It was yeah. a great surprise. Yeah, Eddie gave us all personalized Eddie Vedder Zippos the last day of tour at Madison Square Garden. What? He has his own Zippo? Yeah, he, 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 he smokes a cigarette during a certain part of the show and chunks a lighter out every night to the... You know, he throws out probably 20 tambourines a night. 
He's a showman. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fucking the tambourine budget. Come oh, yeah. on, oh dude. I mean, there. I, we saw backstage box of ta- of tampons. Tampons. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Tambourine. Tam. I couldn't stop. I could not say it. <laughs> These tambourines. Box are, of tam. These tambourines are so absorbent. They <laughs> exactly. Are. For yeah. heavy days, and then you can play sixties rock. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, shake that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's. Uh, you pull the string. It'll play itself. It's like I could. Hey, I get my period and I can also play free design songs. (laughs) (laughs) It's our fun. I thought you were just masturbating. No, I'm playing music. I'm playing music, guys. I'm free design. I'm free design. (laughs) I'm doing both. Yeah. (laughs) Multitasking, bro. Free Design is either the most ironic band in history or the least ironic right, band right. in history, but I'm guessing it's the latter. Yeah, I would say the latter. Uh, if you've ever... It's, it's, it must be so enjoyable to write a song about the exact thought you're having in your head yeah. and just describe it as if it were a lecture... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. Kites are fun, you guys. Yeah. Kites are fun. Kites are fun. Automatically gives it some sort of like validation. Yeah. And truth. It really is. It's music. Or kites are not fun, you know? Right. That's a good tune, too. That would be the John Lennon way to do that. Right. That yeah. kites are not fun. He would take the ironic approach right. as opposed to just the direct kites are fun. Kites are kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, I have shit. Yeah, I, I, no, I need uh, to. Just huff shit yeah. and describe it um, in, a, in a more in, in a musical in a musical way. Yeah, and everything can be a drug metaphor as well. Just kites are fun. I huff shit. Yeah. You know, what does he really mean by that? When it wins a Grammy, <laughs> and it will, just throw me in the thanks somewhere and go. He'll know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and then that'll be that'll be our special moment. I'll be at home watching the Grammys. Like I'll have a, the brown hanky sticking out of my <laughs> my uh, very fancy suit pants. The huff hanky. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Brown. I guess I should put it in my lapel. Yeah. So you know I can actually smell the hanky. Yeah. Just put just put a brown carnation. Yeah. Uh, exactly. On your on your suit jacket. Yeah, the jacket. hanky might mean that I want you to shit on my chest. No, no, no. no. That's carnation. a totally different. Yeah. yeah. No, right. no. Totally no. different podcast. Yeah, yeah, well, and that, that's just yeah. a totally different yeah. fetish, too. Yeah. I'll just give a little sniff, and you'll know I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that. that's right. I'll go, Thank guys, you. that was for me! Yeah. And then I'll go back to my bag. Yeah. On the, yeah. uh, it's so fucking high. Yeah. Hey, Ben, it's Chris. I may have a lot of shit, but did you just thank me on the Grammys? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, who is no. this? I need help. <laughs> we have no idea who you are, Chris. I'm, who was he? <laughs> and it's not that we have no idea who you are anymore. It's just we have no idea who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just in general. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. No, we did that podcast together. No. Podcast? A podcast. Those stopped being made in 2014. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Grammys haven't existed for years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, we talked about your band. What band? We're not in a band. <laughs> yeah. We're bankers. Yeah. We're shit huffers, freak. <laughs> yeah. God, it's gonna feel so good. It is. Mm. Was it? Uh, what did you think about the CeeLo cover? Loved it. It was pretty cool. Blew my fucking mind, man. We, uh, I think our man, my manager called and said something crazy is happening. I'm sending you a link to this song, and it was um, a couple. It was a different mix than what ended up being the released version. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting on my back porch, like the. Uh, I guess I just had one kid at the time, but. Uh, and she was little, and she was spazzing, two years old or something, like trying to listen to it on my iPhone or something like that, with the speaker up to my ear, trying to hear what the hell's going on. She's freaking out. 
It's like CeeLo Green is covering one of my songs here. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Just could not, could not um, grasp what was happening. Um, and then the fact that they released it at all, did a video and shit. I mean, it would just seem like a dream come true, man. Anytime somebody covers anything, or I don't know, or somebody is affected by what we do, it's not lost on me. But someone of that stature that we respect so much was fucking. Is there? Mind. Is there? A, when you guys, you guys have, you're both up in a high register too. So it sounded, it sounded good. I think that dude's got all kinds of damn registers, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's saying it so well, and I think the way they reimagined it was really cool. You know. Um, hip and fucking, you can mm-hmm. dance to it. Is there a weird? Is, do you, do you have? Uh, do people send you covers? Like, like you know, like something like Radiohead. People are like, oh, we covered their songs with with printers, right? <laughs> you know, do, do, people, do people send you covers of songs? Or is, do you have a particular? No, I mean, I think the the couple ones that that I've seen, someone sends a link to YouTube or something. Like Kid Cudi used a sample of ours for um, a song that he did. Someone just tips me off to it, and it just, I, I think even when it's like a little kid singing it, you know, or someone like CeeLo or, or Cuddy doing that shit, it just, it just warms the heart, man, honestly, that someone would care enough about it, whether it's a little kid singing it or, you know, uh, a kid that learned the guitar chords on YouTube and, it's, and no one ever, you know, knows about it. That shit is just, that's the coolest validation, I think, yeah. what we're doing, because it affected them enough to want to learn it, you know? It's awesome. Yeah, when a, when a little kid is singing it, you know that you know that you might be onto something with that piece because they don't even, they don't even know how to bullshit. Yeah, yet, you know, so they're just pretty honest. They'll tell you what's up. <laughs> and we yeah. love covering songs so much too. I think when when we have an urge to cover songs, not only just to look under the hood or whatever, it's like the song really resonates with you. Something about the words or maybe just the melody. Um, it's a it's a very honest tribute to whatever how great you think that song is. So to be included in that process is. Flattering. Not that anyone's going to listen to me, but if anyone listening is uh, has a bluegrass band, I've always thought one of my favorite songs of yours is "The Funeral." Uh huh. I think that would make an amazing bluegrass song. No shit. Like if you just sort of do, like if you if you just like stand up bass, uh, you know, a little bit of fiddle, and then just like some good three or four part harmonies in there and just like strip it down I think that song would make a fucking awesome bluegrass song shit we got a couple shows coming up at the Ryman where we're doing acoustic electric uh, evening with performance Mm. because you could start you start off really slow you know and then when you go to then you can go double time in the chorus Funeral. Yeah, that was our idea that we just came up with. Yeah, yeah. Me and Ryan did. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was so, a really yeah. great idea. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Put it on shit, love. <laughs> yep. You're coming helping up. us with everything today. Coming up with song ideas. Yeah. Cover idea. You're coming What's up with. What's got for us, man? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just <laughs> want to manage a band. <laughs> yeah. You're a natural. No, for Rick. Rick's such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Your manager and I, he reminded me that we worked at MTV together in the 1900s. That's our tour manager, Rick. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he, he always brings that up that he was. He was the he was at MTV. He was yeah. and he was a PA there for a while, which was if you were a PA and you were good at your job, mm-hmm. God help you, because that meant that that machine was going to sap every bit of energy you had because wow. they preyed upon people who would do a lot for no money. So if you were good at something, the benefit was that you know within two years you could be like head of production, you know, right. because Shit. people would always get better jobs and leave. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just you're funny. going nowhere if you're a PA. Like, if you're good at it, you're going to be one forever. They're going to keep you down. Yeah. No, but people always would quit there, so they would just promote people really fast. Uh, we did an interview with Kennedy last oh year. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And um, 
Austin. Yeah. Was it in Austin? Was Some fucking where? Kennedy. Yeah. I haven't seen her in years. She's sweet. She's really, amazing. She's yeah. so cool. And I, I, that fucking blew my mind. I, you know. And Kurt Loder's because, my dad. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's not true. And he's he's another one of those. Like and, John, was, and John Norris is related to Chuck Norris. That's not true. <laughs> I know. I want it to be true. I want it to be true, too. I wanted them to be the same person. Yeah. Just different sides of the personality. And you're like, John Norris. And he's like, nope, it's me, Chuck. And then the mask comes <laughs> off. With a dude like Kurt Loder, with a name like that, you, you gotta have a lot of kids. Kurt, no kid, man. Yeah. And I dated yeah. Puck from the real world. That's <laughs> what a <laughs> reference you pulled out of here. Yeah, that was the real world San Francisco. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. did a long time ago. True story. That was yeah. Los Angeles. Oh, fuck. This yeah. is a true story. That was John, that was John the, the country yeah. singer. Yeah. Story. Hey yeah. man, how come you're putting rap in my country? Well, how come you're putting country in my <laughs> yeah, rap? Yeah, yeah. How will these people live together? <laughs> this is just like the real world. Watch them huff shit. <laughs> no, that was not popular yet. Oh, no. No. That was not in vogue was until... For Dominic. That was not in vogue <laughs> until right after this podcast goes up. Maybe, That's right. the, maybe, maybe those shows made people want to huff shit. So maybe they... You know, maybe that, I think those shows excuse. felt like people huffing shit, but I don't think, <laughs> they, uh, I don't yeah. think they necessarily were. This was really fun. We we did it. This was this flew by. We did Absolutely. this was an hour an hour and twenty minutes. Holy yeah. shit! Thank you. So I hope I you didn't go, have to be somewhere. I have to go. I have to go check out of my room and take a huge piss. <laughs> Everything now. Yeah. I love that all the waste removal from your bed is huge. Yeah. We consume lots of stuff on the road. Yeah. <laughs> so it all it's you all got to come out. Got to come out strong, brother. Yeah. He's yeah. got some daddies, man. Some yeah. huge pisses. Huge massive. Piss. The daddies. big the big fry yeah. and the fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything's fucking. I dream big, shit big. He takes the crap of horses. Yeah, it does. Come shit on. big or go. Oh, home. Nice. Come on. oh man. There's two. That's a bad way to end the podcast. No, it's no, a great it was, way to end the podcast. It was fine, and then I took it there. Yeah. Um, Any way to end it would be good. No, we're gonna. I, I have nine more questions. <laughs> all about the consistency. Dude, it's such a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, it's good to meet you too. Awesome, right? Thanks, man. Yeah, ben, yeah. good so to fun, see you. Yeah. So fun. I'm so mad that I have a show at the same time as yours tonight. I, I really want to see you live so bad. You won't when you see the reviews of it. Believe <laughs> <laughs> me, I don't read. Re- I don't read reviews uh, about anything. I don't trust them. I don't think people who review things are not the right people to review them because they're too. Reviewy? They're too reviewy. <laughs> They're looking for problems. Yeah. They're looking to criticize. They listen to music in a way that regular people don't listen to music. And, uh, and I don't think they necessarily represent... I don't think they represent how people who are not super music nerds right. listen to music. Right. They're in the moment enjoying it, the other people that aren't writing about it. Not taking yeah, notes. Yeah. 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 So fuck all that shit. Yeah, yeah, fuck they're, those they're people, They're like trying man. to get... Instead of like absorbing it. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever see the... Um, uh, Ryan Adams oh. thing on YouTube when he yeah, called, where the he called the guy. Yeah, Jim. Oh, um, uh, what's the guy's name? Dego- Degorius. I can't remember his name. I heard. I've heard. They heard. They hear the message. It's like, oh, hey it's man, the, it's how the come? best thing ever. Yeah. God, I love it. <laughs> Have you heard it? No. Oh my God, it's on YouTube. It's like he starts out, "Hi Jim, it's Ryan Adams." Yeah, he started off kind of like you know, kind of catching uh, up, catching up. Yeah, just just catching up. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, you were at the show last night. And I read your review, and then he's just like, "I just don't fucking." Yeah, he's like, "You fucking sit there with your fucking pen in the back, like nobody fucking wants you there." It just turns into like, it's so awesome. I, I am. Oh my god! It's something that you would never it's, do. It's something but sometimes he actually you're called like, to do. Yeah, but but like, sometimes- you know, you'd read a shitty review, and you're like, God, be, I just really want to just call him and be like, "Dude, really? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you, you have no idea what you're talking about." Yeah. But Ryan actually called him. It's like. Uh, Monday, 10 a.m. <laughs> it's like, 
Either he's up early or he's, he's up late. Ryan, oh, <laughs> <Why, why laughs> so you don't have to. Yeah, it's 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 legendary YouTube shit, right? And I and I wonder yeah. I wonder what the guy's reaction was. I wonder if he was like, "What a crackpot!" Or "Oh, I was wrong!" Or "This is awesome!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to put this on the internet. Oh my god! Obviously, he couldn't wait because it's up on the internet. It's so funny. Is it voicemail? Yeah, yeah, it's a oh, voicemail. Okay. It's the longest voicemail, and it just yeah. starts. You can just see like. You can just visualize steam like slowly starting to creep out of his ears. And by the end of it, you're just like, you know what? Fuck you. And this, you know, like, he's like having a conversation with himself, but telling this guy, it's just fucking hilarious. It's, and it, it just devolves into like, it, it, he wants to keep saying stuff, yeah. expressing stuff, but he's out of words. And it's just, just yeah, he's like, you know what? Just fuck off. You know? like, <laughs> the ones not, today. not afraid to say what we always uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the fist pump that you did. Yes, yes. someone did it. Fuck you all. Yep. <laughs> all right. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Yep. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy your burrito, everybody.
This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, and now an online store. Check out the new commerce solution. You can start selling stuff immediately for a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. Go to squarespace.com slash Nerdist and use the offer code NERDIST5. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here... You're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide, and best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. I killed her. You took everything. In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you here in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.